Okay, so the good news is that I indeed uh, kept out my drum kit from last week because it was getting so, it was cumbersome to like <laughs> pull my drum set out, play the intro, then put the drum set back and polish it and tune it. So I just left it out this week. So that's a good part. Are we still talking about a drum set? Mm. Polishing and <laughs> yes. tuning. I didn't know where we were going. Okay. That and the bodies in my closet. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, ready, ready for the intro? Ready? Yes, all right. yes. The movie that best describes the pain and suffering we're going through now was made 56 years ago. That's an aha. The TV show Cops got arrested, convicted, and executed all at the same time, like they were handled by, well, cops. That's a ha ha. <laughs> wow the most nice racist the most ra longest running racist show ever was off the air now. for a minute i think it's coming back i think it's just no. just just away for a minute i really do hi everybody really? yeah 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 welcome mm -hmm. to ha from ha has to ahas with sybil wilkes and stephen hill and <laughs> you i mean you're a television executive so uh, I will credit, I will credit Viacom, which is the current owner of it after running on Fox, Fox for 25 years, I think. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. moved over to the Paramount Network. Um, they were scheduled to start some actually pretty soon. They decided to pull those and then yesterday made the decision to cancel the show. Now, I believe that Viacom, when pointed in the direction of the right thing to do, mm -hmm. has shown consistency in doing that. Right. I, I, I work I work uh, I worked for them for a number of years and starting with MTV and then at BET. And, you know, you've got to point them in the right direction. But once they're pointed there, they tend to do the right thing. So I believe that's the right thing to not air the single most racist show, longest running racist show ever. They will realize that's the right thing to do in this sphere. Right. Because I believe and we'll talk to we'll talk to our guest later about like. This is a sphere that's not, it's not just like, oh, it happened and forget about it. This is one that's going to keep pushing forward and all indications are that's going to happen. So lot, and that's, 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 a, that's my 30 second way of <laughs> saying, yeah. And, and our, our upcoming guest, I'm very excited because I'm a big fan of hers, is Tamika mm -hmm. Mallory. And, um, but Stephen Hill, I, I do want to tell you this. And yes, I do call you by your full name. The only thing I, well, not your full name because I don't say your middle name, but Tell me this, somebody needs to tell the folks at A&E to remove the cops commercials because they're still running. On A&E? Mm-hmm. A&E doesn't even run cops. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. They're running. They may have, they may be licensing repeats. So I can only speak for the, for the production of new, new episodes gotcha. and what Paramount Network is going to do. The past episodes, the 25 years in the past, uh, of course, like every other syndicated program, can be can be licensed to other networks and channels. So A and E may still be being, playing cops. That's some bull. Uh, they're also they are not a Viacom network. They are what? They're Discovery, right? A and E, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. But uh, our executive producer says live ads are still running. No, I'm saying live PD is a. Different oh, live PD. I thought that was. Uh, I can't read your writing. I'm sorry. Live PD is a different show. Yeah, that's still that's still going. Um, well, they've halted it for a second 
or are they still going on? Okay, live PD is going on. Okay, so you know, I, say- I think it would be best if it would be best if Yolanda had cue cards. Don't you think? <laughs> no, she like, does. But <laughs> but her conveyance her conveyance of messages has been eh, eh, meta right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, but it's me. It's it's my inability to read her writing or, or mm. her chicken scratch, which she calls and writing. That's how best friends make up. For, take up for best friends. I love that's that. True. I love that's that. True. I love that's that. True. Just the way you do for Kevin. That's the way I do well, for her. Well, she does where for we me. Where, where are we going to hide the ball? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Where are we going to yep. hide the body? Yep. All okay. Right. I, I got the bail money. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, let's talk a little bit about your referencing the uh, movie, Nothing But a Man. Um, oh, my that, gosh. That is a 50-year-old movie made in what, 1964? 1964. Okay. Uh, with, with Ivan Dixon. And Abby um, Lincoln. And Abby Lincoln, uh, who got a, I didn't realize she got a, she got a, uh, a Golden Globe for for the love of Ivy. Was it for the love yeah. of Ivy? Yeah. yeah. Or a nomination she may have gotten, yeah. the nomination yeah. for the love of Ivy. Um, but uh, if you want to understand why... Like, you know, that's 50 years is not that long ago, first of all. Like, you you know a lot of people who were alive in 1964. You have grandparents and parents who are alive. And it just lays out very well what especially black ma- a black man was going through, because the black mm-hmm. man is a protagonist in this. In this. But the, the effect to all the people around him, friends, um, his, his devoted, his awesome and devoted wife, just from being beat down constantly is is astonishing and is and is relevant today as it was then there is there's even by the way there is a karen like caring character in the movie <laughs> that's right i forgot about that yeah right absolutely different yeah. gender yeah. different gender yeah. but there's a yeah. karen like character in the movie that is like oh oh you didn't do anything to me but i'm calling i'm calling I'm the, call in this cops. case it was the cops in this case it was like you know i'm calling up the gang authorities yeah yeah i'm calling hanging up a gang so um, so, but I recommend it. It, it. By the way, here's the great thing. It's free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. Just type in nothing but a man yeah. on YouTube. It is free on YouTube. So check it out. I remember uh, seeing this years ago when I was in high school, freshman in high school, and my very white English teacher just said, I can't believe you're a black person and haven't seen this movie. That's pretty much what she said to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, um, it is a movie, as we said, made in the 1960s, and uh, Ivan Dixon plays a man who really is working on the railroad. He's a real, he is a man who lays the the uh, railroad, uh, yes. what is it? Tracks. Tracks. Thank Laying you. On the tracks. And he is, um, he's a single guy, has a child, um, is, is used to, you know, drinking and playing cards with his boys after work and what have you, because they all live uh, in this uh Mm-hmm. area together and you know they sm- smoking and drinking and playing cards and that's their life and then they every day they get up and they go and lay tracks for the railroad and um i'm trying to think uh, for some reason he goes to a church social and he meets this young woman who is mm-hmm. a teacher and yes. her father is a minister mm-hmm. and um he you know she's she's not too crazy about you know going out with him but he's persistent and eventually she you know she does and um this is their relationship and both work and and home and all of the social ills because like she's a she's a pk a a black 
girl who is a teacher, woman who's a teacher, and her father's a preacher. And this guy, you know, comes out. Uh, he's a he's a railroad worker, and um, it's very oh, it's very poignant. I'm going to go back and watch that again. Um, at every at every but, moment when you think when you think he's going to boil over and he's going right. to fall off and hit someone, yeah, he never does. And that's the brilliance of how uh, Ivan Dixon plays. That, this what role. a great performance! It's an really. amazing performance. Yeah. You get, you know, and I love, I don't love it, but the, just the, the, the symbolicness of, is that the right word? Symbolicness? Symbolism. Symbolism. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sybil for the win. The symbolism of, <laughs> <laughs> the symbolism of, you know, on the, on the, on the railroad, he's making $80 a week. Then mm-hmm. he decides to get married. He gets $20 a week. Yeah, that's more. Then it goes mm-hmm. down to 10 and then it's like two fifty a like a two fifty a day. For three, mm-hmm. so it's some, but it's just the constant going down, and just the more he needs, the more he wants to move forward. Uh, you know, the the fewer chances he has, uh, and it's just it's just the and, way it lay, it plays out. And how applicable it is to today. Um, I, I think that you know, if ever uh, white friends wanted to understand how people felt back then, and still in many cases feel today, mm-hmm. I think that is a great way to sit down and have a conversation. I think that that should be in every classroom. And thank God for my uh, English teacher who couldn't believe I was a black girl who hadn't seen this movie. <laughs> um, and if they say, and if they say, oh, but that was 50 years ago, you say, mm-hmm. wait, hold up, hold up, you've never been in black skin. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Say, okay. Hey, hey, hey. Then you got to put some bass on. I'm like, hey. No, no, no. Bring that big bag in. Yeah, yeah. Trust me on this. You better better believe me. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) And after they stop laughing at your... And my false bravado. <laughs> uh, and 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 sounds uh, curiously like coronavirus guy from a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, they, they, they both gonna kill you. They both gonna kill you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, highly recommended. And and thanks for that reminder. Yeah, yeah. really good. Um, how is your week? how are you how are you feeling, Sybil? How are you doing this week? You know what? I'm okay. Um. I got to tell you, this this whole, well, especially the last two weeks with the George Floyd situation has had a, a profound and, and sometimes disturbing effect on me, um, especially when you talk about uh, providing news for people. It's it's It makes it for a very um, heavy, heavy situation yeah. for me uh, to the point where um, the, the mistress of the house who are, are holding me hostage, actually not, um, who are, are, are very kindly giving me a home these days, um, suggested that I get out and get out and get some fresh air um, because it, it, it Do you it not really get is. fresh air, Sybil? Do you not go outside? <laughs> I do go outside, but mm, not, but, mm, but but for mm, not enough the Q, time. The cue card is the cue card is being held up to me and saying you would or do not go outside. <laughs> I'm getting the cue card, thanks to my suggestion that you do not go outside, Sybil. Is but, that seriously? You really don't? No, but I do. But I don't go out for long enough. Is what I mm, realized. Okay, yeah. Um, and you know, just going out and just saying, Ooh, it's hot out here. And then turning back around, that's not going outside. (laughs) Getting in my car, sometimes just driving and drive, just driving. Um, that's very very groundhog of you. That's very groundhog of you. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. I see my shadow. I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) 
or yeah. or I don't like the large shadow that I'm casting. And so then oh, I, you know, just uh, feel like I need to go back inside. Um, but I, I am uh, making efforts to, to uh, you know, move that in a different direction. So nice. um, we'll see. Um, I, I had a friend who is in news and, and told me that uh, she went outside and just sat in the sun today. And I was like, oh, good for you. Um, it's not a hundred degree sun like it is here in Dallas, but uh, you know, good for you nonetheless. Uh, I, I applaud that. So it's something that I uh, endeavor to do. If I could just, you know, keep this, uh, this slave owner off my neck, you know, with all the other work that I have to do during yeah, the day. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Computers work outside. Phones work outside. All this kind of stuff works outside. Find you a place in the shade. But the, y, the Y has a pool. Like, really? For real? For real? Like, but no, Steve, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Because I am like their dog. Look over there. There's a butterfly. Look over there. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a garbage truck that went by? Oh, you know, I just, <laughs> my attention span when I'm outside is not what I need it to be. But you're right. Absolutely. I there's there's no reason for me not to be able to take my phone or or any other, you know, communication device and do some work outside. Yeah, absolutely. The best right. thing about my midlife crisis, mm -hmm. which is and ongoing we, and has been. I was going to say, it's, it's, how long years. is it? Yeah, let's okay. be clear. It's it, it is like my like my midlife crisis has been more than half my life. I was gonna say, I, cause I thought my you were going through it when I first met you. Yeah, my my my, my midlife midlife crisis basically goes from the age of thirteen to eight. <laughs> right. That's my midlife crisis. But the best result of my midlife crisis was that I got a convertible vehicle. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. talk about getting outside, and you want the outside, but you don't want to deal with other people necessarily. You just want to get out and go. Is nothing better than being in that sucker or driving a bicycle. But again, let's talk about midlife crisis. <laughs> I'm going with, I'm going, and, I'm going and with the sometimes, drop top. Sometimes people see a black man riding a bicycle in a neighborhood and they get scared. I'm just yeah, saying. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we just had that conversation today. Uh, I said, because the weather changed a little bit last night and it was absolutely beautiful. And um, today is not as hot. And I thought, wow, after we get done with all this work, I would really like to take a ride in somebody's convertible, uh, that somebody has a convertible um, uh, who is my uh, hostess. And so um, just going to actually, yeah, she does have two convertibles. One oh, right there. <laughs> I'm coming over now. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and both nice. A '66 Mustang, and a Jag convertible. Yeah. So you know. What? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. oh. Yep. 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 Life is good. And right, cool, and girl. I. My, my, I guess that beats my little Volkswagen Cabriolet. So. Not at all. Not right. at all. No. 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 Mm -hmm. I thought my Cabriolet was fine. You know. It is. Again, again, my midlife crisis started when I was 21, so that's when I got the car. So. <laughs> And and I did have a convertible when I lived in Dallas and in LA, but it's just so hot in Dallas. It was so ridiculously hot. Yeah. So, um, but it's a it's a good thing. So you're absolutely right. I'm going. I'm making right. strides and, and making an effort to go play outside. Yeah. Because I and you know it's really funny because I I remember having this conversation with Tom Joyner and Jay Anthony Brown for days at a time. They were talking about what they were watching on TV and 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 all and the news and stuff. And I would always ask them, "Did you go play outside today? Did you go mm -hmm. play outside?" And you know they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm you know 
Jay's like, I'm a 60 year old man. What am I going to do? Go play outside. And, but I think that I wasn't following uh, right now. I'm not following the advice that I gave before. And that was to go outside. But, follow, follow, yeah. follow. I, I, so, I pass that advice to you and to everybody who's listening, whatever outside there's, there's, there's great energy in the sun. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. And I've said a lot of no, dumb things. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. It's but not. there's energy in the sun that you should yeah. absorb. You should, yeah. you should take you need that in. vitamin D. Yep. Get, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, so, and you it, know what? I'm going to leave you right now. I'm going to let you have the rest of the show and I'm going to go play outside because the sun's still up here. Okay. So right, yeah, Stephen Hill, you got it. I'd like to play some music by the group Radiohead. Uh, the next 45. Oh, oh, she's back. Oh, what do you know? She's back. Oh, uh, look at that. Oh, it's oh. like going on your Instagram live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the by the way, can I just tell you that it's uh, last week for uh, what was Prince's birthday. You did an amazing set. I don't know how long it was, but it was absolutely incredible for all the prince heads that were there listening and and watching you at play it was great it <laughs> really was that. it is my favorite thing to do play is play prince music loud and with other people and this is the closest thing i can have the community uh, for those of you who don't know every thursday night at 7 p.m i i pick some kind of subject and matter and we roll with it and last week was prince uh so come on by my ig live uh you get a chance what's my name oh stephen grant hill yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you yes. call it sunglasses and sunglasses and soul music. Oh, yeah. Sunglasses and soul music. And it's Thursday nights. It's Thursday nights. Thursday, yeah. Thursday nights. You know, uh, and funny, three three people days in a row uh, have my uh, my favorite people had birthdays. Had birthdays this past week. Really? Uh, Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam of Jam yeah. Lewis on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a guy named Prince on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wait. As well as my um junior year college girlfriend and uh and uh on june on june 8th it was uh tamika mallory's birthday oh that's tamika right mallory, tamika yeah, mallory's birthday you. on the look 8th at you. yeah that's right Happy... my fave peoples we can Three of my we... fave peoples did you get her something uh i did as a matter of fact oh, I did. Uh, you she, get? Had, she had asked for four uh 40 or 400 dollars to uh to her uh to her uh, until freedom, which is her organization, which I cannot wait to talk to her about in a, mm -hmm. a mere matter of moments. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was, uh, I, I, you know, that was the gift. That was the gift she asked for. That's my gift. Nice, nice, very nice. Um, yesterday would have been our friend Doug Banks' birthday, and oh. uh, so it was just really nice to think about him. Aha, aha, aha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and and uh, doing these uh, YouTube lives with Tom and it just brought me back to uh, their days as a turntable brother. So it was really cool. Very, very mm -hmm. nice to, to remember him on what would, and, and um, a lot of great people born in the month of June. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, including, including our guests we, we talked about uh, a merry birthday to you, uh, Tamika. You there? Tamika is here. How are you? Uh, How are yourself? you? I'm doing okay. We're, you know, pushing through, pushing forward. It's good to talk to both of you. And Stephen, it's really good to hear, talk to you. I haven't seen you since, where were we at? A concert we or a, something? Yes, yeah, some, con some, some <laughs> concert in Newark, New Jersey. I know That's Keisha right. was on the ballot, but I don't know who else was there. So. Yeah, we had a good time good. too. And we happy belated birthday. Are. How do you celebrate your birthday in the midst of all that's going on, Tamika? I worked all day. <laughs> from the morning till the night, 
uh, even when my friends, about five of them, came over to my mom's apartment, to uh, my mom and dad, uh, they came over to do a little social distance thing outside with a cake and some food, and it was really cute. And um, even then, I couldn't even stay to say goodbye to them properly because I had to run upstairs to go log on to another conversation that I had promised someone that I would do. It's just such a moment. It's such a potent moment where mm-hmm. you can't miss the opportunity to to uh, tell the tell the good news or the bad news or however mm-hmm. you want to look at it. Um, you know, we are not in a, a place where we get the opportunity to rest when literal freedom is on the line. Mm-hmm. And so I um, have just had to make myself available to the point where I need a nap. But it's all good. I'm here. <laughs> right. Ready. Right. Mm-hmm. What I love is the way you put it. You said good news or bad news, because we talk about that a lot on this on this podcast. And it's 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 about being good news. And it's good news because of literally because of people like you who are on the front lines and keeping this going. This is a moment which is different than the others. And I'd love to we'll talk about why why we might think that is. But you know, I've always thought you you were the perfect link between the knowledge of the experienced and the energy of the youth. You never look tired. Like you you mm. you were doing this constantly. And however you may feel, you never, you 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 never look tired. You are you are out there never, doing it. So never let them see you sweat, huh? That's right. Well, listen. I mean, there's some women in my life that don't feel that way. Because I got a few calls from people <laughs> like, hey, you know, I know well, you, you do what you got to do, but you need a nap, and mm-hmm. so you can see it in your eyes. And you know, um, also this COVID experience, I think, has like allowed us to just be in our true skin and so I haven't been wearing full face of makeup or any of that and I'm actually like getting comfortable not having to do all of that before heading out to you know whether it be protest or speak I mean the fact that I've been on all these zoom calls with people zoomed in your face and (laughs) you don't have anything concealing dark things and all of that is a little stressful but hey we're doing it. That's right. um, and so, you know, it's so it's it, even though I may not look tired, because my grandmother used to say that no matter what you do, no matter how you feel, get up, put some clothes on, put some mm-hmm. lipstick on and get out there, you know, and, and, and I guess I try to do that. But certainly we're, we're tired at times. Sure. Yeah. To tired, me, but keep moving forward. But and moving forward, always progressive motion. Um, it is. But tell us about your organization and, and and where you stand right now in the midst of this and, and the message that you're providing, because I thought the message that you gave uh, right after uh, Minneapolis uh, with George Floyd started, I thought that was one of the most powerful speeches I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. just can you just give us a little bit of an idea where you are right now? Um, first of all, you know, I've been saying in every interview that I've been asked about this speech that I did not plan to uh, even make that statement. I was just asked to step up to the podium and, and talk. And, you know, and I, and I knew I was doing a press conference with Stephen Jackson. But mm-hmm. at the time, we were going to call for the officers to be arrested. And, you know, you have your regular, unfortunately, it's like talking points that you already know. These are the things that won't happen as they should. And so we have to ask for them. We have to make those demands. And just because at the point of the press conference, you know, no one 
um, had been arrested, not even Chauvin, the first officer, the one who actually had his knee in George Floyd's neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, I, I showed up in rage. You know, I was angry. And I know that so many others were as well. So I feel like God used me as a vessel to, to really just articulate what black folks were feeling. That it just was, it wasn't, it wasn't just the enough is enough piece, which I think everyone feels that, but it was more so explaining to America why you're seeing people burning down things, whether that be that they're provocateurs who've been sent to distract us in the movement or folks that are just angry, fed up, and they're just not going to take it anymore, Um, you know. To, to call out this whole idea of protecting corporations and corporate buildings over black bodies, um, you know, to, to remind America of its roots of being extremely racist. All of those things, I think, were necessary. It, it helped to articulate the feelings, the rage, the concern, the anger, the pain of black people, a lot of them, most of us. And it also... Um, it, 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 you know, thankfully captures some of the feelings of people in other countries because my African brothers and sisters, our African brothers and sisters, transcribe the speech in different languages and begin to wow. share it and mm. to create art that I have pictures of <laughs> wow. um, that coincides with with the uh, the language, the words, um, and the sentiment. And so, you know, God can use you in a moment that you're not even prepared for. I mean, I don't know how you prepare for truth in a, in a raw way, but um, God can use you. I'm glad I was able to be used. And um, I think that the obligation now is to make it not just a speech, but that in this moment when people are like, you know what, I heard what you said and it was powerful. Someone told me that one of the videos has like 55 million views. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, and that if that's if that's the way we get there, then how do we actually take it to move the needle? And right. I hope it is. You know, I, I hope that's what's happening. But I know what I do know, and I'll say this, and then be quiet, Sybil and Stephen. That it's not just my voice, of course, that's moving the needle. These young people who've been on the ground, and some of these local organizers, they're the true heroes in this moment. Their speeches may never make 50 million, 100 million views, but it certainly is changing the hearts and minds of those of us across this country who may have been too sweet, too afraid, too unconcerned to care, you know? Mm-hmm. So you've been, and you've been here for, I don't want countless, countless times before. What's different about this movement than you know, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown. What's the, what's what's different this this time? What I think is different is that too many things have happened, and I and I and we know, like you know, when people ask me that what's different, it kind of frustrates me, Stephen, because it ain't different for me at all. Mm-hmm. I've been righteously angry and frustrated. We've been indignant and everything else that you could think of about these killings for a long time. And I think there were a number of us out there sounding the alarm that if America did not reckon with its abusive nature, there was going to be a moment when this country would boil over. And we see that happening, literally burning down in some places, 
because of a response, rightfully, wrongfully, you call it whatever you want, you could debate that, but the response, even in the even in the case of an infiltrator getting in, they would not have been able to use this moment had there not been an original sin, an original right. violence act that took place, which was the murder of not just George Floyd, but also Ahmaud Arbery, who we also be shot to death on a street by some men who thought they were slave catchers and they were sent by the local police department. We saw that the police officer there, um, you know, said, uh, sent a text message to the owner of the house saying, hey, you know, if you have any issues, call these guys, not call right. the fire the department, the police department, not call my cell phone, not call the chief or someone else, call the vigilantes, the slave catchers, and then let them go and, and address the issue. And so Ahmaud Arbery and then Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. a sister that we cannot allow, mm -mm. we cannot allow Breonna Taylor's name to fall to the wayside, to wane out of the public eye. This sister was murdered in her home. We saw today how many lies because the police report has become, uh, has now been released. It, has, it is now uh, public. And it says on the report that there was no force of entry. They broke her door down. It mm -hmm. says that there were no injuries. She was shot to death. It hmm. says that there was wow. no bias. How does the police department make that determination for themselves? The no-knock warrant, the, po the, least, the police officer who wrote the no-knock warrant, he is now on administrative leave because when you look at his report, he wrote that the Postal Service had already reported that there were uh, suspicious packages going to Breonna Taylor's home. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the Postal Service came back and said there were, they did not report that. And in fact, they had no suspicion at all that there were any uh, illegal packages or suspicious packages going through her home. And with all, with the, you know, the police officers and everything that they did, their investigation, they, they also turned up no drugs in the home. Right. And so, you know, my, my sister, Linda Sarsour, reminded me today that Ida B. Wells once said, that the ones that write the reports, the ones that commit the murders, write the report. Yep. And mm -hmm. and and what has unfortunately happened is that you know they're so used to doing it, they just wrote the same lies they write all the time. So how many sisters and brothers are we missing that have been that that, that are the missing soldiers from our community because someone wrote a report or lied the same way that they did? when Sandra Bland was in that dash cam and we mm -hmm. saw the officer mm -hmm. live. And, with George, and George, with George Floyd, with, with George Floyd, the original report was he was resisting arrest, right? With the, right. with the gentleman that got pushed in, uh, I forget where he got pushed in Portland. Was it Maine? I forget what, oh, now I forget what the, the 75 year old gentleman oh, got yeah, pushed. In, in, uh, oh, in, yeah. Boston, in, in Buffalo. 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 In Buffalo, the initial report was like he, he, you know, he, he had, he had gotten in their face in a, in a violent way. So you're right. When, right. when the, the reports, unless those cameras are there, those reports, those reports stand. How many of those blank police reports, like with Breonna Taylor, have, have just, are just strewn to hell and back because, and with the loss of those lives of those young men and women and, and, and God only knows, as you say, Tamika, that it is just so vital that we get this information and 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 how 
we have lost so many uh, because of those damn police reports that are so inaccurate or in Brianna's case, practically blank. And lies. And and not, you know, not, 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 you know, inaccurate in that, you know, it was a mistake. Right. How the hell do you say that there were no injuries for a person who had eight (laughs) bullets in her body? My God. My God. Hey, can um, we talk? Can we can we talk? Because uh, uh, I, I admit to being, I want to understand. Defund the police. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give a quick example because okay. I've been answering this question all day, and I'm still learning more about the ins and outs of how defund the police works, and you know which jurisdictions, whether whether it will be something that um, you know we'll be looking at federally, and if it's local, which we know at this point it is local. What is the what what uh, extent? are um, some of our mayors and others talking about. So there's a lot to be unpacked. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you in a quick example that I've used uh, many times to explain, and it seems like it helps people because there's this impression that defunding the police means there'll be no more police on our streets. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, and that, you know, we, you, people won't be able to call the police department and say, I need help, right? And so um, in New York City, Earlier, right in the eye of COVID, the city uh, announced that the summer youth program was going to be cut. So summer jobs were going to be cut. And, um, you know, we were in uproar about that because we know that public safety is not just about policing. It's about also making sure that our young people have the resources that they need so that they don't turn to violence. They're not you know, having idle time in the streets and that they have, you know, the, the, the little bare essentials that they get with those summer youth checks. Um, and so while they were defunding the police because of budgeting issues, I mean, excuse me, not defunding the police, while they were defunding the summer youth program mm. because they said they didn't have the money, the police budget was going to remain and there were some lines, line items where there would be an increase. So you can't cut our youth and not cut the police. So now our mayor has had this newfound energy with the last few days. He's somehow back to slightly being a progressive, the one that we knew when, you know, we first met him protesting on the streets and, and he was running for mayor. Somehow or another he's found language and, you know, he wants to invest in anti-violence, the anti-violence movement to help with the public health issue of social distancing and COVID-19. So he announced today that he's going to be giving $10 million to these organizations. And he started talking the other day about how he's going to defund the police so that he can shift resources to ensure that the summer youth program and that summer uh, programs in general are still able to happen, uh, you know, in this time when we know that there's an economic strain over many municipalities in this country. and that's what people mean. It means balancing things out. It means that police officers do not need the most up-to-date military equipment that has ever been made to deal with protesters. They can use some of those resources to also make sure that the community, that there's better education, that because people like the word defund bothers them, but they've been defunding services from our communities forever. <laughs> and just because that title is being placed on, on defunding the police, now it's a big deal. The other thing I'll say, and I'll leave it at this, this is a capitalist 
we function as a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that anytime you are frustrated, angry, whatever about what's going on in America, rather than burning a building, rather than turning over a car, just stop spending your money and get some other people to be conscious about where they spend their money as well. And I bet you, you will get a response from institutions uh, in this nation. And so when, when folks are calling for police officers and police departments to do a better job, to respect our communities, to stop killing us, for God's sake, um, with impunity, the one way that you can get their attention, since they function on a system that is all about money and corporate businesses and, 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 and protecting the 1%, when you start to pull money away, then I think you will begin to have conversations about ways in which we can fix the problems that people have been talking about for too many years. Tamika, I've been such a fan of yours for so long, and we've never had an opportunity to to meet person to person the way you and Steve have. Um, but uh, and all of our conversations have been on the Tom Dorner show. Um, but I I want to support you, and and I know people listening to you want to do that as well. How can we do that? So folks can go to Until Freedom. That's Until Freedom on Instagram, everything, Twitter, Facebook. We're mm-hmm. at Until Freedom. No dashes, no periods. Or you can go to at Tamika D. Mallory. Um, for my birthday, I launched the campaign. I think you all were talking about it earlier, uh, where I asked folks to give me $4, $40, or $400, and not to give it to me personally, but to give it to my organization so that we can continue to do the work. You know, we, we, we were in Louisville, Kentucky at the time that George Floyd was being murdered. Mm-hmm. We went there to stand with Breonna Taylor's family. We held a memorial service for her. We, we bought the wreath. Um, you know, we supported a black business in doing that. We stayed in a hotel. We had to rent a car. We, you know, had to take a flight. We did all those things. And, and nobody is backing us, right? Like, we don't mm-hmm. have some big entity. Sometimes we're swiping our own credit cards for flights. You know, sure. we're raising money in the, in the midnight hour just to get ready to go and, and be, you know, with our people in, in these different towns and places. And then um, after we uh, left there, we traveled to Indianapolis because there were three police murders yeah. in 24 yeah. hours. A pregnant woman was ran over and killed with her, her baby, her unborn child. So we went there and visited with the, some families there, or a family, excuse me, there, the family of Mikhail Rose. And then we left there once we knew about George Floyd, and we drove 10 hours to get to Minneapolis. And some people might say, well, whose problem is that? But i tell you one thing. The fact that we were on the ground, the fact that, you know, people respect us. Now we've got a, a campaign that was just released with with several influences from Gabrielle Union to Tracy Ellis Ross. Alicia Keys helped to lead it along with my sister Rhapsody. The two of them came together with me. We got Cardi B in the campaign, Jada Pinkett, Willow, everybody you can think of, along with other activists um, and Yandy Smith-Harris, Mona Scott Young. I mean, I could go on and on with those. It's brilliant. It really, it's really a brilliant campaign. Have come together to say, do you know the story of Breonna Taylor? Well, that happened because we were already in the mix. We were already pushing. People saw us on the ground. We cannot ask the same people we're fighting to fund our movement. We mm. can't. We just can't go ask 
whatever corporation that we may have to challenge tomorrow to be the one or go to uh you know a a to the to uh the 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 foundations and even though yes they they have a role and there are times when we have to take those dollars to have our conferences and to have big meetings and things like that but to but we still have to have a pot that is independent of all of that, that's funded by the people so that we can stand and say what needs to be said. And if Target gets mad, which they didn't, because they put out a statement right after I brought them up. <laughs> they sure did. We're gonna help, yeah, we're gonna, help the, we're gonna help the demonstrators and you know do what we can. But when, whoever it is, whatever company, when they get upset and say, well, we're not gonna fund you anymore, we can say to hell with you because Ray Ray okay, and Keisha yeah, are already yeah. making sure we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, we're, we're, you know, we talk about it's a capitalistic society, runs on, you know, kind of earnings projections and everything else. What would you see as a, as a, as a victory or a huge step in the right direction, let's say by the end of this year and then in five years, right? If you were looking ahead. And I, I do want to point out that it, you mentioned your, your speech in, in, in Minneapolis. It wasn't just the words. And I know it wasn't planned, but I literally thought at the same moment, well, neither was I have a dream, right? That was, that was, a, that was an off the cuff from Mahalia Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, tell about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream. So that that wasn't plan that wasn't planned either. But what's your what's your you know if you I don't want to say if you have a dream. I'm not going to tie it to that. But like, what's a victory for your move for the movement uh, end of this year and say in in three to five years? What are what are, what are concrete things you'd like to see? I think there's some things that have to happen right away. I think you know, unfortunately, we've got a madman running wild in the White House, that that has to be corrected. We need something different. Um, as my brother, my son would say that, you know, we're, we're not even voting in this election just because we love everyone who's running. We're voting because we just have to change what's currently happening. Mm -hmm. um, and mm. so I think, you know, that that's one part of it. Um, I think that in five years, if I had to say, and I don't even know if I always think about five years from now, Stephen, but I think if I had to say in this moment, it would be that we literally have sweeping legislative change, like where mm. we can look back and say we not only wrote laws and passed laws, but we actually went through the laws and, and did an overhaul of the system and made sure that things are coordinated, that people are being held accountable, that if, in fact, a, a man or woman is killed unarmed, there is swift movement to justice. But I, but I, but I have to say from the, from the pit of my stomach, and it's unfortunate that I can't say this with confidence, that in five years, I'd like to be in a place where I've been put out of business where I am no longer, I have to find a new career because the murder of black and brown men and women is happening so, in, so, so not so frequently, if you will, that there's, there's, no more, there's no more need for me to make speeches. That at that point, we're trying to build the beloved community. And I, you know, and I, and I, I hope that that's our reality. Have you had a chance to look at the justice in, police, uh, in policing bill? Of 2020? I have. I have. I, you know, I'm going to stop saying this after today because I've said it so much on every interview. I didn't need the Kenta Claw to help me understand. <laughs> but, you know, I, I Yo. need that. Oh, part. my gosh. 
<laughs> I even need it. I don't know who advises these people. I wanted like, the same it's thing. It's crazy. Like, okay. But whatever. So I did <laughs> see it. And I'm glad that George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery have moved us to this place. But I just yes. want to say for the record, and I'm not trying to be cynical, that, you know, uh, the the murder of a Tatiana Jefferson mm. and mm. uh and 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 uh our brother Eric Garner were mm-hmm. just as bad. Yeah. They were just as bad. And I think it's a shame that, you know, people are acting like something new is happening in America. We've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that it, there's movement, but I also am cautious about people in front of lights and cameras with the Kenta cloth on but they don't have Kentucloff pens all the time and courage to mm. write the bills mm. and get them passed and then to make sure that they are properly implemented across this country so that our people are being protected. That's what I want to see. I want to see the black power, the representation of African culture in the halls of Congress. I want to see it in the hearings and I want to see it in people using their political capital, no matter what they have to do no matter what the sacrifice may be, mm-hmm. to save Black life. Wow. You know what? Well, we um, know, we know it's, it's going to take fuel to keep it going and, and you know, for horrible circumstances to, to ignite everybody else in the world. You've been doing this for a while, but like my 15-year-old nephew is involved. My 56-year-old friend from old Greenwich is involved in a way. And that's because of the work you've been laying down this entire time. And I know you'll continue to be the fuel to, for us to get to those five years so you can put yourself out of a job. <laughs> And we'll be there to support you all along the way. Oh, God. We're all asking for for a job from Stephen Hill. But, you know, good luck at that. 100%. Tamika, thank you very, very much. Thank you for the time. I know. Thank you. Love to you. Wish you love, light, and eight hours of sleep. Amen. 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 Get that nap, girl. (laughs) Stephen Hill. I don't know if I tell you anything, but Yolanda and I followed her uh, to what was it? The women's March in Vegas for Yolanda's birthday. I mean, we, you know, we didn't know what, what, why we were going, but it was her and talking to her, um, before that. And that just really took us to, to, for me, uh, took us to Vegas, uh, back in 18. It was January of 18, I believe. Um, She's been doing this since she's 11 years old, by the way, 11, she's 11 years old when she started. She's a baby of the national action network. It's like, yeah, it's just, what and it's lie. clear that her son is going to take over the reins. Is that or right? Or at least it, she, he is the he is the link to the. I mean, look, she, she she said she's forty, so that's not. A, I mean, which is young enough, but her son, uh, who's about half 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 her age, mm-hmm. um, is is in the fields, in the streets, doing the same thing. So I'm just, I, you know, I just I have so much admiration for for Tamika and her message and her family and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. God amazing. bless Thank her. She really is. She's a she is an amazing young woman and and we're lucky to have her in our world. Um, um I feel the same way about I feel the same way. Here ready for the segue? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Drew Brees. <laughs> I really? do. I feel the same way. Here's why. I mean, and I'll be quick because Yolanda's holding up the cue card, which she finally must have gone out to Target to get while we were on this thing. <laughs> um here's why. People, why? Here's why. Because Drew Brees was dumb, right? Drew Brees was dumb when it comes to life in Black America. He's dumb. Now you could use un, you could use. Is he dumb a, a or is he ignorant? Whatever it is. 
ignorant, but ignorant has a negative connotation. He, if if you don't live the life, there's no reason for you to know it, right? He 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 needs to know. I said I used use this observation. He there's no reason to know that when a black person is in the elevator, we feel a black man is in the elevator. We we feel like we have to push the button first, get off first, because we know the people around us are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The same way, I have no reason to know like what happens with Prell shampoo. Right? There's no reason. <laughs> right? There's no reason because we don't live that life. So what he he says something dumb like I'll never do the Neil thing. He got checked by people he mm -hmm. he respects. He came out and said, "Oh, you know what? I was wrong." And people doubted the apology until he took on the president of the United States. In response to his right. just ridiculous tweet, yeah. Right, because Trump said, "Ooh, I really hope I really hope that uh you know he did he didn't really apologize. That'd be a that's a bad idea." Yeah. Uh, and 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 Drew Brees doubled down and said, no, 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 you need to understand this is not about the flag. Like everything that was true, Drew Brees said. And so I like having strong white allies. Yeah. Right. You could I can't say anything for when he was ignorant, but he was ignorant. He went through the education. If you still choose to be ignorant on the other side of the, the it's, it's short. Again, no, no, this is a short no, period of time. No, go ahead. Right? It's a short it's a short period of time. So he's got to all of the education, but at least he got the right points, right? He got the cliff notes right enough that he challenged the president of the United States, right? He's got more to go. He's got more more learning to go. But he, from what he knew in that short period of time, mm. he was fine taking on a guy he's definitely palled around with, yeah. the president of the United States. He took him on. What more do you what more do you want your allies to do? <laughs> I want my allies who my ally, Drew Brees, who works in an organization that is based 70% of that workforce is African-American. And he lives in a mostly African-American city playing for a team that has all of these black people. I don't want yeah. it to come to last week and him understanding what the issues were. Can't that, that's, I, can't change okay, the past, though. Okay, you okay, can't change okay, the past, though. Okay, but my point is, I just want to make the point that it didn't make any sense to me that he was still having this line in 2020 and not having the discussion with people before that. I know. That I agree with you. To him. I agree with you. That's 100%. Go, and, I, and that's why I don't feel a genuineness about the 180-degree turn. Okay, I here, don't. Here, like maybe, maybe, maybe it's not 180 degrees. It just appears that that's what he's trying to make. But and I'm willing to give him the time, Steve. But it just angers me that last Wednesday when he came out with this statement, then he was pilloried and then he changed his mind as if someone had just schooled him for the very first time. That's what I don't buy. We'd be having a different conversation if he just gave the apology and went on. The moment he took on the president of the United States, on our behalf as a strong white ally, I was all the way in. I can't like, like okay, let me, here's, here's the example I've used. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It should not have been till 2020 till a man who plays in the NFL understands about black. I could not agree more. But again, like we talked about with Tamika, it's good news mm -hmm. or bad news. I'm choosing the good news. Yeah, you Remember, are. okay, I, here, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I believed in Santa Claus hard everything i knew had me believing in santa claus I until the middle of second grade 
right? Middle of no. second grade. I'm sorry. Um, let me be clear. If you have underage kids who, who believe in S A N T A C L A U S, take them out of the room right now. All right. Cool. <laughs> Enough time. Good. All right. Enough time. Good. So I believe in Santa Claus, and I, I everything everything in my life told me that there was a Santa Claus, right? I hung out with people who knew that wasn't the case, but that didn't matter. I wanted to believe in Santa Claus for various reasons. The moment I did not, the moment I found out there was not a Santa Claus was a, everything in my entire life, as I thought I knew it, is not that, right? Everything as I thought I knew it was not that. Drew Brees, I agree, it should not have been in 2020. Drew Brees had that moment from different circumstances that everything he thought was right in his life was not that. And what he did, again, if it's just been an apology, but the, yo, he went up against the, he went directly up against Trump in a way that, that, that resonated. Okay. Resonated. He's got more learning to go. But. As, as, as one who still does believe in S-A-N-T-A-C-L-A-U-S. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, who. Yolanda, who, why did you not take her out of the room? Yolanda, that was on you. You should take her out of the room. You should, that was on you to put her on mute. That's on you. <laughs> And still puts things out for herself the next morning um, uh, on the 25th. <laughs> um, I, I get what you're saying, and I can appreciate that. Um, but it's still. And not I agree with. And I agree with you because I was that, that it went to 2020 is infuriating. Yeah, yeah. We can't change it, the past. We can only like no. hope we have more people like Drew Brees who who see the light and are willing to fight for the light. Stand, talk about truth. Talk about, we talk about truth to power all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Drew Brees told truth to power. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I will I will accede to that and and uh, the little F you to, you know, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I get that and can oh, appreciate yeah. it. Wait, 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 stop, um, stop, stop. No, 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 no. 1600. Oh, Black I'm Lives sorry, Black Matter. Lives Matters way. Is Plaza. 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 Black Lives Matter Plaza. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> And can we give a really big Stephen Hill and Sybil Wilkes shout out to Mayor Muriel Bowser? Oh my yeah. God, how much do I love her? Oh, what a what a woo, what a power salute that was. <laughs> no two ways about it. She, wow, man. And I love um, everybody who's taking the picture to make sure they include Black Lives Matter and the White House yeah. in the same picture. Oh my God, that's brilliant. It really is. It's just oh, yeah. that should be. And I hope that's on her next campaign poster. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, if she if she hasn't had if she, if she hasn't had term term limits yet, she's getting this next this next and, one. It's all hers. It's all and, hers. And why not? Is why is she not on the list for vice president? I think that I think I that she catapult her to that list and knock some people off. Hi, <laughs> Larry. Well, I think we can both agree she is the she is the she is without a doubt the best Bowser since Shauna. Oh, look at you. No, 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 no. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Get a job. Um, Is it, you're not going to sing the rest of it? Oh, you know why? Because Chica Chica will say we can't because we, exactly. we have to get charged for it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, and, do that. You know, and, and, you know, we. it's not as if we get a lot of money to do this. So. Um... <laughs> you, ever, you ever seen Chica when she's upset? It is not pretty. It is. Wait. Sometimes we have to put a mirror yeah. under Chica's nose just to yeah, see. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm I'm concerned. Okay. All right. For real. Okay. <clears throat> little 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 steam coming out of her ears. Literal. Little, literal. Little, steam. Literal. Literal.
Literal. Literal. Literal. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Literal. That brings us to the close of From <laughs> Ha Ha to Ha Ha with Sybil Wilson. Give me the hell. Yes. Uh, uh, what's the information? Oh, wait. Tell, tell, them what, tell them what you're doing 7 o'clock every night during the week. Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, we have YouTube Live. Please go to YouTube Live. Well, we are just completing our two weeks with the Divine Nine and um, talking to the presidents of those organizations, the Black uh, sororities and fraternities. You're not a fraternity man, are you? I am uh, me, fi, me. You, you, I am not. You. I am not. Yeah, I am yeah. um, but we had a wonderful uh, two weeks with them, and so we are going to continue our conversation and talking with Tom Joyner with us every night. That's been that's been a lot of fun, and uh, so. But we look forward to great things coming out of the YouTube Live and Facebook Live. So, and for you on Thursday nights. Every Thursday night, 7 p.m., some kind of music is going to be fun, telling stories, uh, some of which I hope never get recorded because they're going to be in my book, and so they're that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for folks who would uh, be of a mind, please go to SybilWilkes.com and subscribe to our What You Need to Know newsletter. We appreciate that. Give us your name and email address, and we will put those little buggers in your email box. That would be the newsletters in your email box every Monday through Friday morning. Would you like a gift as we're as we're ready to close out the show? Would you like a uh, gift? I yes, I love a gift. Okay, then you should you should tell me when you're finished because last minute last week <laughs> I finished prematurely. <laughs> last week I finished prematurely. And and how rare is it to finish at the same time? I'm just saying. <laughs> that was your gift. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was for you. That was for you. Have a wonderful week, my friend. Have a great week, my friend. I love you. I love you more. And please go uh, to wherever podcasts are sold and subscribe to our little podcast from Ha Ha mm-hmm. to Ahas with Sybil Wilkes and Stephen Hill. Till next week. Bye-bye. Aloha. Yeah, I gotta fix that. I gotta, I gotta fix that. I gotta fix that. I gotta fix that. <laughs>